0: at Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying his word together. Today we invite you to tune into our current series Built for More: Church Beyond the Weekend, where we will see what the Psalms teaches us about how life is enriched when we live and serve in community with our church family. Morning, Good morning guys. Morning. Yeah, there it is. Second service is finally awake. Yes, man, I don't know, if we're not primed for the word of the Lord today, right now, then uh, I don't know what to tell you. Um, yeah, welcome to Woodside, Detroit. If you would, open your Bibles with me, uh, Psalm chapter 67, um, Psalm chapter 67. I just want us to, uh, to read this together, um, and then uh, <clears throat> just pray and kind of like settle our hearts before the Lord. Um, this is just an extension of the message that Ryan brought us today right and it is a message it's not announcements it's a word it's a word that we need to hear it's an important word and so uh, you know we have the privilege now to open up the word of god and just uh, stay connected into the heart and the spirit that he like laid forth for us so psalm chapter 67 <clears throat> it says this to the choir master with stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase, God. Our God shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Father, we we just say yes to what Holy Spirit is doing in this place right now. Holy Spirit, we just say yes to you, to what you're doing right now in this place. God, we need this word today. So we thank you for it. God, I pray that that this would be a word for myself, believing and and knowing that it is, but also believing and knowing that it's a word for our church, for Woodside Detroit. Um, So God, we just silence the enemy right now in Jesus' name and we just say, come Holy Spirit, and move and minister in the way that you already are. Um, Bring it to fulfillment today, God, with Psalm 67. We just love to rest in your presence, God, and so we say thank you for being here. In your name we pray, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, uh, pay it forward, right, that phrase. Has anybody here, there's a lot of you today, like it kind of feels like we're back in the old days. Has anybody here ever experienced one of those, like, classic, classic pay it forward moments, right, like a Starbucks Drive through or McDonald's or a grocery store where somebody, for whatever reason, before or after you decided, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take care of whatever it is that you're buying today. Has anybody experienced that before? Yeah. Micah? Thank God you can talk loud. Can you just tell us what it was? Uh, I was in line at McDonald's and someone in front of me. Like paid, paid money. Yeah. How'd you feel? Felt pretty good. Felt pretty good. 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 Anybody else? Was Ryan in here? Because Ryan, I need you to share yours because it's, it's a good one. So uh, I was driving to Chicago and... Uh <clears throat> How'd you, how'd you feel? how was you feel? Yeah. So you guys missed it at all. Um, <clears throat> Ryan said that he, uh, he gets talking sometimes then he just loses track of things. And then he, um, forgot to look at his gas tank and he ran out of gas, um, on the way to Chicago. And then somebody picked him up and paid for gas for him. Um, but that common theme, right? That commonality of like Man, I just felt so blessed. And for me, it happened once. I was at a, a restaurant with some friends, um, and um, we were just talking about the Lord. And this family on the way out, they stopped, and, and the woman, the, the woman was just like, "I just am so inspired that young people um, talk about the Lord in public." And we were like, "Oh, well, great. I'm glad that you think I'm a young person." Um, and then they left, and then like we got our bill, or we asked for our bill, like a little while later, and. Um, and the waitress was like, "Actually, that family just like paid like a bunch of money down for your bills, so like you're covered, like you're good to go, right?" And I remember in that moment, I don't remember like the specifics. I don't even remember where I was or who I was with, um, but I remember that I was feeling like this overwhelming sense of gratitude um, and thankfulness. Like this never happens to me. This always happens. I've seen all these stories, but like this never happens to me. I was kind of like in shock a little bit, right? And um, It was great, though. Like, what Micah and and Ryan said, like, it was a great feeling. And, like, blessings are great, right? Like, blessings are, are great, but, like, unexpected blessings, come on, unexpected blessings, like, that's a different level of goodness, right? Because an unexpected blessing can, like, it can literally shift a moment and it can also literally change a life. And I think, that, I think that this is what David is getting at today in Psalm chapter 67 as we turn our attention to this idea of blessing. Except for us today, not just a physical blessing, but like spiritual blessing. The last few weeks, we've been um, studying the Psalms together, uh, looking deeper at God's heart for us as his people, as his church, to do life together in community, And this morning, as we move to close out our series, Built for More, I want us to look at the final purpose, this big purpose for us being in community together, right? In other words, like what God desires to do through us as his people. Do you know that God desires to actually do things through you as his people? Like it's not simply I enter into relationship with the Lord and I just sit back and wait for kingdom come. Like there's actually a reality in which he's like, "All right, now I want to use you to like reach the nations of the world." How it's through our lives together in community, that he has his intentions for a massive global work, and it's this: that God, God blesses his people for the good of the nations." Let me say it again. God blesses his people for the good of the nations. And honestly, at least for me, I think this is one of the coolest aspects of of Christianity, right? That it's active, that it is alive, that God, he chooses us, chooses you and me to play a role in his plan for redemption. He does not need to choose us. He doesn't need us, but yet he, he, he chooses to use us You and me, beyond our physical resources, beyond our money and our gifts and our talents and anything else that you can tangibly see or hold or feel, God is calling us to a much deeper level of intentionality as it pertains to our blessing of other people. And the first response is that we need to pray for God's blessing for the nation's. Pray for God's blessing for the nation. Psalm 67, verses 1 and 2 and 6 and 7 say this. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Verse 6, the earth has, has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. at the ends of the earth fear him. The passage begins here right with this tone of prayer, invoking the words of this priestly blessing found in the book of Numbers. And it was a blessing that was given to Aaron by God as a way to bless the people of Israel. Numbers chapter six, verse 22 says this, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, thus you shall bless the people of Israel. And you shall say to them this, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. God is saying essentially like, hey, if you do this, I'm gonna give you these words, Aaron, and if you do this and you speak these words over these people, I will bless them. But now, now the psalmist is taking it a step further and instead of simply pronouncing blessing over people, he is inviting them to pray for God's blessing. The text, it shifts here from you to us and with it places an emphasis on both his provision and his presence. So often I feel like we put all of our attention on the physical blessing of the Lord. A new job, a new car, a new relationship, a house, etc, etc. We put all of our attention on the physical provision yet fail to remember, like Martha, that his presence is our greatest blessing. His presence. It's always with us, it's always around us. We can literally tap into it at any moment and yet we forget so easily and so quickly that his presence is our greatest blessing. It says, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Church, in his presence comes life and peace. The Bible says that in his presence is the fullness of joy Gosh, if we don't need a fullness of joy in our lives right now. His presence is everything, and yet in his goodness, he still gives us more. Verse six says that the earth has, has yielded its increased, the harvest. And so we're presented here this morning with both ends of this blessing spectrum, provision and, and presence. Presence. And in doing this, the psalmist is beginning to connect us back to God's original call and purpose for his people, that the whole earth would be blessed. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, God is speaking to Abraham, and he says this, he says, Abraham, I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great. Why? So that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, And him who dishonors you, I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. See guys, to ask for God's blessing is to do so in light of God's greater purpose. It's not for the sake of ourselves, but for the good of the whole world. It's It's not about using God to get our desires, but it's about being used by God for his desire to bless all people. It's a total mindset shift. That's what happens when we encounter the kingdom of God, though. A mindset shift. He flips it all upside down. It's a hard question to ask him. It really, it really is. Lord, what is your heart for blank in my life? God, what is your heart for this promotion in my life? What is your heart for this house in my life, for this relationship in my life, for this marriage in my life, for this talent in my life? We have a really talented community. You guys are so talented. Most of you, talented in ways that I could never even dream of being talented. Gifted in the arts and music and and writing and people, and communicating, and so many more. God, what is your heart for my talent and my life? What would you have me do with it for the sake of other people? And what I mean is this, when we pray for God's blessing, guys, are we doing it in connection with his heart for the nations, in connection with his heart for for people, or are we simply doing it for ourselves? Like newsflash, God, God's got a kingdom agenda, y'all. God has a kingdom agenda and we gotta know it. We gotta remember it. We gotta get wrapped up and caught up in it. The world, the nations, the city more than ever needs a group of people wrapped up in his kingdom agenda a group of people in constant pursuit of the kingdom, living other-centered lives, praying others-focused prayers. That's gotta be our heart. That's gotta be where we start. The second way that we can engage in God's call, though, to bless the nations is to call for God's praise among the nations. Look at verse three and verse five. They're actually the exact same thing. It says, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Verse five, let all the peoples praise you. Right? One of the first things that we notice here is the uniqueness in which these verses are laid out. Right? Not only are they identical, but everything in this passage is moving in and then moving out Of center. And so while the psalm begins with a prayer for God's blessing for the nations, it now moves to call these nations to praise the God of blessing. It now moves to call the nations to praise the God of blessing. And it's a global call. It's not just for for Woodside, Detroit, it's a global call emphasizing that God is not just to be praised by one nation or one people group, but by all peoples everywhere in response to salvation. Salvation has a response, and it looks, and it feels, and it sounds like worship. Philippians Chapter 2, 9 through 11 says this, Therefore God has highly exalted him, Jesus, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Because it's, it's, it's literally all about worship, about a life positioned at the feet of Jesus. In his book, Let the Nations Be Glad, John Piper says this. He says, missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Missions exists because worship doesn't. Worship is ultimate, not missions, because God is ultimate, not man. Worship, therefore, is the fuel and the goal of missions. It is the goal of missions, because in missions, we simply aim, I love this, we simply aim to bring the nations, to bring people into the white, hot enjoyment of God's glory. The goal of missions is the gladness of the people and the greatness of God. The white, hot enjoyment of God's glory, of his presence to see people caught up in the gladness of the greatness of the presence of God. Like this was the role of, of Israel in the psalmist's day, and it is still the role of the church in ours as well. But as I think about this in the in the big picture, in the grand spectrum of reaching the nations, I think the first thing we have to do is just like zoom in right to where we are today. Like how can we expect to 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 call the nations if we first aren't all about it right here? Like don't get me wrong like the worship on a Sunday morning in this place is incredible. And we have been gifted with an incredible worship leader in Brian and incredible worship leaders who have skills that I only dream of having. But what I'm talking about transcends Sunday morning on a personal level. Like, how often are you worshiping outside of this place? On a Monday or a Tuesday or a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, how often are you worshiping outside of this place? And even farther, even deeper, even more gut wrenching, how often is the recipient of that worship God? Like, we worship a lot of things, and it's really easy to do. How often is the recipient of our worship outside of Sunday morning focused and centered and and turned toward the Lord? Like, of course, of course, our our heart, we long to see the world or our city or our block connected together in praise, right? And so my challenge to us collectively is this, let worship become more a part of your daily life so that Sunday morning becomes an overflow of a week full of praise, Sunday morning worship is incredible, but what would it look like if each and every one of us walked into this place together and the overflow of our week of of worship just happened right here? Are there other levels that we can get to? What does that look like for us? What does that sound like for us? What does that feel like for us? What is Holy Spirit waiting to do? What is he waiting to to break out in if if all of us collectively, if we spend the week worshiping to that on Sunday morning, we're not getting our fix, but we're just like going after it together. Like, we got to let worship become more a part of our daily lives so that Sunday morning becomes an overflow of a week full of praise, so that anybody who steps into these doors steps into an atmosphere primed for an encounter with the presence of God. We're moving fast, guys, but it's such good stuff. Finally, We need to celebrate God's rule over the nations. You see, like I said, everything in the first half of this psalm has built up to verse four, and everything in the back half of the psalm flows out of verse four. Verse four, it's the bridge of the song. It's the peak of the mountain. It says this, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you, God, you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. In this one verse, the psalmist has reached the pinnacle of his prayer, and it's this, the deep desire for the nations, for people to be glad in the Lord and take joy. For a global party of people enjoying the reality of God and his kingdom... And my goodness, if the kingdom on earth isn't what we need more than ever today. Ryan just laid out two prime examples. But I feel like every single Sunday, announcements is becoming this time of lament. It's becoming this time of of ministry where we have to think and talk about just really bad things that are happening in our culture, and it's sad. And my goodness, if we don't need the kingdom of heaven more than any time at any time now. Like marked by abuse and pain and suffering and wickedness and, and racism and injustice and on and on and on and on, our world is in chaos because of sin. These are sin issues. The root of everything we see is sin. We've got people, we've got literal people, human beings. Look to your left and your right. People, human beings, turning on each other, resulting in conflict and division and murder. And on top of that, hundreds if not thousands of years of history with little progress made. And it is way too easy anymore to look around and see a mess. And my gosh, if this place, if the church, if Woodside, Detroit shouldn't be the place where change flows out of, the place where hope flows out of, the place where peace flows out of. And I am not saying that everybody in here has to to look or think or talk the same. But what I'm saying is that we have to be united in our constant pursuit of kingdom culture. You do not have to look or talk or think the same as the person next to you. But what you have to be is, is, is united in our constant pursuit of kingdom culture. We have to meet there. That has to be the intersection where all of us come together. Together. For such a time as this, we have to shift the atmosphere. The atmosphere has to shift. The atmosphere is shifting. And my goodness, it's gotta be kingdom culture. There are so many people, men and women, trying to shift the atmosphere. But until the atmosphere shifts into kingdom culture, we're gonna end up in the same exact place as we were last week. And before, and before, and before. Like, what do people feel when they walk through these doors? What do you feel when you walk through these doors? I'm not talking about a feeling of being safe from the pandemic It's important, or, or the building is so cool, or wow, the chapel is so, so cozy and inviting. I'm talking about what do you feel? What is the atmosphere that you feel when you walk in here? Are people stepping into a cool church culture? Or are they stepping into kingdom culture? The culture of heaven that holds the power to change the world and a nation and a city and a person. Our heart has to be a constant pursuit of kingdom culture. And it means having grace for each other yet taking a stand against injustice. It means creating a culture that is welcoming to Holy Spirit. It means creating an atmosphere for people to come and experience God, for people to step into his presence and just be no strings attached. It's not about come to church with me and you can can step into this atmosphere of the presence of God and also I need you to do this and this and this. And if you're not like this or this or that, you can't have it a place, a culture where people, any person can come and just sit and experience the presence of God. It means laying our selfish desires down for the sake and the benefit of the person next to you. It means pursuing people that are not like you. Do you realize that there are people in this room that are not like you? It's about pursuing them, not to win in argument, but to better understand their pain, or their confusion, or their position. It means an individual pursuit of God and His heart because there are so many more examples to give, but the time is now to start building. In Mark 1, Jesus says, The kingdom of God is at hand. And may this be our prayer today in Woodside, Detroit, as it is in heaven. Because, of course, our course we long to reach the nations, it's the heart of God, it's gotta be our heart. But right now, in this moment, I just believe the best thing, the most important thing that we can do is turn our attention to this place, to our church. It's got to start here in Woodside, Detroit, as it is in heaven, so that in Detroit, as it is in heaven, so that in America, as it is in heaven, so that on earth, as it is in heaven, so that that becomes the reality Guys, we're gonna respond in a second, but God is is calling us. God is, is mobilizing us as his people to be generous. Yes, with our resources, but that's a given. Our time, our attention, our tithes, our talents, our homes our gifts, our skills, our resources. Yeah, it's a given, but guys, God is calling us and he is mobilizing us as his people to be generous with our faith, to be a people that pray and intercede and worship and ultimately usher in his kingdom for the sake of the world. I was just thinking about that earlier today as I was driving in here this idea that his presence is our is our greatest blessing we have access to heaven we have access to heaven We have access to heaven. We can, we can just reach up and we can just grab what we need and we can just give it to people. Well, you're sick, you need healing. Guess what? My father's got that in his cabinet. I'm going to grab it. I'm going to release it over you. You need joy? Guess what? There's joy there. I'm going to grab joy. I'm going to release it over you. $10 was a long way, but $10 combined with the kingdom of heaven goes a much much longer way we cannot be a group of people that just minister in the physical we have to minister in the supernatural he's given it to us he's given us access we have to be a people that combine the physical with his presence and say this is going to change your life this 50 bucks or this, this suit coat or, or this bus pass or whatever it is that we're giving out in the physical. This is going to change your moment and it might change your life, but but this, heaven, this is going to change your life. It's going to change how you think and how you act and how you pray and how you listen and how you pursue. It's going to put us in position to usher in a new kingdom. It's important for us to be aware of what's happening around us, of course. Right? There's these kingdoms in our world and politics and finance, these two huge kingdoms, and everything seems to revolve around these two places. And guess what? Nothing's changed. Those kingdoms were around when Jesus walked this earth. But Jesus, better than anybody else in the history of the world, he said, I'm going to live in the, the kingdom of, of politics and the kingdom of finance and money, but guess what? Like, I'm going to operate from a different kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. This dude always had his head above the clouds. He always was like, what's my father doing? What's my father saying? That's what we have to do. It's how we have to be. God, I see this right here, and it's, it's the worst. How would you respond? What's your heart for this? What is my response supposed to be? God, I notice this. This is, this is awful as well. My flesh wants to say this, but what does the kingdom want to say? Jesus, we just need you. more than ever, we just need you. We need you, Jesus. It's fun to talk about the kingdom of heaven. It's it's awesome to, to learn about it and to think about it and to become aware of what it actually means, but it's just so much harder to live it, to pursue it, Very real enemy who hears all of this and he knows what we're up to, what we're mobilizing to do. But God is bigger and he's better and he's stronger than that enemy. God, we just say yes to the, to the beauty that is your presence. God, would we be a people that live out of faith, that pray bold, intercessory prayers for people that call them then to worship, to create an atmosphere of worship, to create an atmosphere of heaven in this place, and then to be bold as we go out to pursue the kingdom of heaven. God, our prayer is that in Woodside, Detroit, as it is in heaven, God, in Detroit, as it is in heaven, God, in America as it is in heaven, God. May we never stop crying out, but may it increase in us. Holy Spirit, just minister to our hearts now. As we respond, just minister to our hearts now. Sometimes I, there's this like, I don't know, I don't know what it is, like. I, I play golf, and so like when I when I play golf or tennis, like I get these like calluses, right? That that sort of like build up on my hands, um, and they're rough. And I think that sometimes um, we get these calluses, and they build up on our heart. Um, and when we hear something um, that is in like disagreement with where we're at on a topic or when we hear something from somebody and we're just like, that's not what I think, that's wrong. Like, it's almost like the callus gets activated and, and we're just like so unable to actually like listen and, and we just automatically um, go on the defensive and I'm so guilty of that all the time, sadly. Like there's this desire in humanity to just be Right? There's this like selfish desire in our hearts as as human beings to just want to be right all the time. And so if somebody says something or does something and doesn't, doesn't connect with where I'm at on a subject, the callous, it just like activates and it keeps me from being able to actually just like listen and understand what somebody's going through. And I just don't know how we're gonna usher in the kingdom of heaven with calluses that are just like covering these parts of our heart. And so God, right now in Jesus' name, I just, I just break off the calluses that cover our heart, that hinder us and keep us from being able to interact with another person who's different than us, who thinks differently, who believes differently, God. Lord, I just pray against what the enemy is trying to do to divide your church. If there's supposed to be a place where somebody can come and feel unity, it's this place, God. So we break off the calluses that have been growing inside of us in Jesus' name. We know that when we break something off, there's a a hole, there's a void. And so, God, we just pray right now, Holy Spirit, come and and fill that void with all of heaven. God, that we would be a people that are so open to love others, that people that are so open to listen to something that's not what we think and believe. That, God, this would be a place where discourse is, is birthed out of. the world that the city would look at Woodside Detroit and they would say in the midst of disunity that is a place that shines bright on a hill and I know that I can go there and be heard and be safe and be welcomed God I pray that we would be a church like the Good Samaritan that crosses the road and says I can help you you are different than me We don't even get along, but you know what? The love of Jesus inside of me compels me to love you. That word hits all of you in a different place this morning. And I don't pretend to know exactly how deep or how hard or how penetrating it hits, but it hits all of us in a different place this morning. Sit in it. Don't just walk out of here and and brush it off, just sit in it for a day, for a week. Take it to the Lord, take any word to the Lord and say, how does this impact me? I just think that if we are open individually to what the Lord wants to do and speak to us, then collectively we will begin to snowball into an unstoppable force. In Woodside, Detroit, as is in heaven. We went long today, but it's important. It's just too important. So God, we just respond to you now in our brokenness. We respond to you now, God, in our offense. We respond to you now, God, hearts that are open and primed for you, Holy Spirit, to minister. So minister right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head over to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself to us today.